Hello, and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Crystal Clear Watchmaking Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, here with my co-host, Jay. How you doing, Jay? Not bad, Luke. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed our last episode. Uh, yeah. Barrel Hand. Yeah, I've been But we got another him. good one here today. I've been following him on Instagram, and he's got, like, things are moving along for him. Yeah, he's going all out now. Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to uh, circle back on was the BB58. Here's a, you can give us sort of a long-term review at this point. You want to you wanna tell us your thoughts? Sure, yes. Oh, I'm wearing it right now. Um, it's good. I mean, it's... it's And I know we touched upon this uh, in previous, you know, reviews of watches, but it's so nice not having a day date. And so when you haven't worn it for a while and you need to reset it, you just do the time. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not just this watch, but many watches like that um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that part's really nice um since it's like uh it's i don't know it's just it's it's a very like kind of like non-spectacular watch but it's just it just feels nice on the wrist it's like got a nice weight the colors are nice i find it's very understated but then it's like there's i don't see much else on the market that has this kind of like like this the, the, the gilt color they used and the rose gold that's I don't know. I, I I think it's kind of polarizing, um, but I really like it. Um, it's really easy to read. This the seventy hour, uh, you know, the reserve time is nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just unspectacular in a way, but but it's also like you know, it's it's just nice. You know, it's 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 not a Rolex, so you don't get you know, you don't get the looks, and you don't have to like you know. People don't notice it right away, except people who like know what it is. So, yeah. Now, before you said you were feeling ten out of ten about this watch. How are you feeling about it now? I'm still feeling ten out of ten about it. Okay. But uh, but I really want to see what the blue one is like, because I know you're mm-hmm. not a fan of the blue one. Yep. Um, but because blue one looks to me in pictures, it looks too blue. But then I've seen people reviews of people who have it, and they say it's really nice so i don't know now you're talking about the bracelet on the bb58 is it still on the bracelet have you have you switched it up what's going on there it's still on the bracelet i've considered like i said getting the strap code um i've actually loosened the bracelet up a bit um because it's summertime and like i guess like you know your your wrist kind of expands more in the summer so Mm -hmm. that's made it nicer because it's kind of tight before it like the i don't know i find i don't know about you but i find any like, are you, you're not a big bracelet wearer, right? Uh, no, I'm not. So for me, it's like any bracelet I ever have. It, I always it's always hard to find the exact right sizing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Even with the micro adjustments and stuff, it's always tough. Whereas like a, a, a NATO, it's like very simple, or like a leather ba- band, it's a lot easier to find the sweet spot. But for bracelets, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like metal is like you know it's stiff. It's like the way the size it is is the size it is so but uh yeah it's it's on the bracelet i mean the faux rivets are kind of still stupid but uh i mean you could always switch out the bracelet which i might do later on but i just haven't had the time to go by and look it up so okay well i'm glad you're still enjoying that um there are a couple other topics i wanted to swing back on one of them was uh silicon escapements right we talked about that recently, and I wanted to put a small 
caveat, I guess, which is if you look at companies like Breguet, they've been doing some silicon escapements where the pallet fork and the escape wheel are silicon, so you don't have to uh, lubricate them and stuff. Um, but the hairspring is traditional. Right. And this is sort of a, uh, a compromise that I like a lot more because those pieces in a service, I'm much less likely to have one come in where it's damaged or something. So I I think that's more reasonable. I, I really dislike the uh, hairspring in silicon, but I think having the pallet fork and the escape wheel in silicon is a little bit more reasonable. I like it a little bit more. So a little update on silicon and my thoughts. Okay. So are you a fan of silicon or not? I, I'd still prefer that everything just not be silicon. Okay. <laughs> but like I could see myself, if I came into some wealth or something, I won the Powerball, <laughs> getting one of these brigades, despite the fact that there's some silicon parts in there. I almost feel like the silicon um, is like one of those marketing things where it's like they just say, like, there's really no advantage. It's just something they can put in their marketing materials. Yeah, I mean... There are some advantages, but I would say that I don't like them because it's like pros and cons, and the cons to me are too much. I don't, you know. Right. Yeah. But but I've already gone on about that ad nauseum, so <laughs> I'll leave it alone. The other thing that I wanted to swing back on um, was water testing. Yeah. Um, I just remembered having this conversation with you where uh, you were like. So do they just put the watch in water and then pressurize it or whatever? And I was like, no, 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 that's not what they do. Um, and then I explained my favorite type of water testing. But uh, there is another type of water testing where it's almost like you're describing. So I just wanted to describe that quick for, for people. Um, so the type of water testing that I like, and I don't know if there's any downside to it other than I think the machines are more expensive. But the one that I like is one where it's just an air chamber. And then I don't know the physics and how it does it exactly, but it pressurizes the chamber. And then I don't know if it can tell if air is leaking or whatever. But anyway, there's no water involved. That's what I like. So so they do the, that, that when you're talking about they do water testing without actually using water. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now, one that a lot of like your independent watchmakers, you're like, you're just regular guys. Uh, they have a way that's cheaper, um, which does involve water. Uh, so what they do is they have a chamber. The bottom part of the chamber is water. The top of the chamber is air. Then you pressurize the air part of the chamber quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. And this forces air into the watch. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then you lower the watch into the water and then you see if the air escapes. If the air is escaping, then it's showing that you've got a problem. But since the inside of the watch is more pressurized than the water, then the water doesn't go in, the air only comes out. And that's going to test the water. Because in, in, in the real world, you just want the water to not ingress into the watch, right? Right. So you're kind of like testing it backwards. Yeah. But hypothetically, if something can come out, then something could go in. <laughs> that makes well, sense. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they know what they're doing, but to me, it's because you could have just because then something goes one way doesn't mean it can't go the other way. Like, I mean, because you could have like 
like i mean there's there's certain valves and certain seals that you know could just be one way but right although i don't know i th- i think for watches typically if something can go one way it can go another i think i think it's sort of reasonable yeah i'm sure it's just all just basically just rubber gaskets i'm, I'm assuming yeah yeah um, there's no like one way valve trickery with it yeah but so okay I I, I I don't recall what the exact conversation we have, but I do remember the conversation, but I don't remember the details. But there's certifying bodies for water, right? Because there's like IPX so-and-so. And so isn't there a standardized way of testing these things? That's a good question as far as standardization goes. I'm not sure what the big companies... I think all the big companies probably use the air way of doing it because the air chamber is just like way faster to utilize and it just it just like reads out whether or not it passed like what it passed to whereas like with the water testing you have to like dunk it in the water after you've pressurized it and then you have to watch and see if any bubbles are coming out you know what i'm saying yeah because you're making a whole ton of watches i imagine that wouldn't be the way you'd do it yeah but it goes to the bigger question where like a company can be like like that's why we have standardized testing because then there's just one test to know that you can tell the consumer it, you know, this body said it did this and, and every watch that comes through and gets this certification went through this test. Whereas every company that does their own test could just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it passed our certification test. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's like standard certification bodies you can send for, for like timing, like chronometry type stuff. I think for the water, People just do that in house, but yeah, I, I haven't really looked at that because I don't really care so much. I mean, I don't even own a diver to show how little I care about that. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, for phones, there's like a, a phone can be like IPX whatever certified, and that's like a, 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 an international body that took this phone and then that tested it and gave it, you know, the certification. Whereas a lot of phones that, but that certification costs money to do, right? So a lot of mm-hmm. phone companies who are smaller, they just say, well, yeah, this is pretty much this IPX certification, but we didn't pay to get the certification, but you can test it on your own if you want. And like YouTubers will test it. But yeah, it, it doesn't specifically say it's certified to go underwater this much, but it's pretty much fine. Like we dunked it in water and it's fine. So. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, maybe, maybe... You know what? We should probably just do a whole episode about like divers and different ways to make them water resistant and stuff. Because there are a few different. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's make an episode out of this. I'm I'm adding it to the list. Yeah, because like, and yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it then. But I'm pretty sure something like Rolex is conservative when it comes to like 200 meters or whatever. Oh yeah, Rolex. It's well known. They are more resistant than the dial says yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well. Speaking of um, different topics, you know, we got a topic requested on Instagram again. Um, So I thought, hey, let's do it. Topic was simple. Uh, He said he was a working man and he wanted an episode about working man's watches. Okay. (laughs) So that's what we're going to do. That's a pretty, okay, Um, that's a pretty general term, but I guess we'll interpret it the way we interpret it. Yeah, we both came with five watches. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much uh, overlap there is in our lists. Oh, yeah. um, Hopefully not. But 
we can just jump right into it. Do you want to do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so we said max two digital watches. So I'm going to start with I think is possibly the best. Not not I don't want to say best, but in my opinion, in my line of work, what what I find to be the biggest working man watch right now is the Apple is Watch. Is this another freaking Apple Watch, man? Yes, it's the Apple Watch. You put it on every yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, but it's so... it's Okay, but especially this list, it's like... I, I do a lot okay, of IT. Okay. I do a lot of IT work, and I'll give you an example. Like, when we log into a server, you need to do two-factor authentication, right? And they use all this stuff. And like, I mean, you could just... When you log into something, it just goes into your watch to verify it's you, and you just hit the button, and it's like, boom, you're in. Like... How can any other watch do something like that? You know, it's like I use it to go running to it tracks heart rate. It's it's like a, a fitness thing too. I mean, it's, it's you know I could tell that you're a California Silicon Valley type guy yeah. because somebody says I want to hear about working man's watches, and you're like on my IT job, this is perfect. <laughs> well, well, that's a lot of people's like, yes, work, right? I mean, I mean, it's like that's that's how a lot of people, you know, that's what a lot of people's job is. To me, it's like I was thinking about this when I put this on the list. It's the closest, and and feel free to disagree. It's the closest thing we have right now to the Dick Tracy watch. I mean, it essentially is the Dick Tracy watch. I literally don't even know what you're talking about. You've never seen Dick Tracy? I guess not. Dick Tracy, the 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 detective guy, he he he, 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 he talks to people on his watch. It's like a phone on his wrist. Okay, I'm seeing it. Okay. 1990s. Yeah, it's it's uh, what's his name? Warren Warren Beatty, isn't it? So when that movie came out, like everyone was like, "Okay, where's the Dick Tracy? We want the Dick Tracy watch." It's like you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, it the movie makes the concept so famous, and and we're yeah, just like uh, Star Trek and automatic sliding doors. Yes. Yeah. Like those didn't exist when Star Trek first started. And then people were like, well, we could just put a pressure sensor and make those cool futuristic doors. Yeah. Now they're at the entrance to every Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Not just Walmart, every store. Or or even, uh, uh, I, please tell me you've seen Home Alone, the movie. Home Alone. Oh, yeah, of course. And then he, yeah. uh, that first one, he had that, uh, I don't know if the first is the first or second one, but he, he had that like little portable tape recorder thing. And he'd like record voice notes on it, and then and then it, you could play it back and anyway, and then that became super popular. That toy. Sony made a ton of stuff like that back in the day. Yeah, I mean, Sony has made a lot of revolutions. They were to me, they were the Apple before Apple. They had a lot of great electronic industrial design. Okay, so Apple Watch Five. That's your first watch. Do you want to do you want to advocate for it anymore? <laughs> It does, it's the do everything watch. I, there's basically every, every watch we go through on my list or your list. I don't think there's going to be any watch that can do more than that watch. Okay, well, I guess I'll do my first one on on the list then. Okay. Um, so my list is like when he was saying working man's watch. I'm thinking farming. I'm thinking, you know, welding. You know, I'm thinking, you know, labor, literal, labor, like, like working manual labor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's my first one. This one I personally own. Um, 
and here we go. So I'll, I'll post it to you here. It's the Casio W800H-1AV. Um, and I, I always put the official website, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you what you can expect to buy if you're buying it from, you know, Amazon or something like that. So this one's 15 bucks. Okay. Well, it says 20 bucks uh, on your link. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I'm trying to explain. Okay. Is that okay. I always give the official websites, but I'm saying, how much are you actually going to buy it for? It won't always be the same as the websites that I'm linking. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so 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 make sure that you check elsewhere and, and don't just buy off the official sites. But but the official sites always have good photos and info and stuff, so I like that. Um, plus, like Amazon listings and stuff, they can like disappear over time, and then our links are useless. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy, real simple. I I love what it shows on the front. It gives you the day of the week, the year, the uh, like day of the month and the month and then the time and that's that's all it gives you and this is what I use uh, at work a lot for just like filling out forms and stuff it's got a hundred meters of water resistance so um, if somebody like bleeds on it or something then I can get it like deep cleaned um, and if it gets just destroyed like just straight up destroyed then it was 15 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so this thing can take a beating. It's very cheap. It shows you the main things that you need to know. Yeah. I like this watch. I agree. This is very... Yeah. Like, you could you could do welding and stuff. If any of those, like, hot sparks hits it, whatever. Like, it'll, it'll like, burn a little dent in your plastic watch. But who cares? $15. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you... I mean, you only said working man watch, but so I don't know if he meant like value or the sky's the limit for cost. So, but in terms of value, this is this is up there. Right. Well, yeah, he didn't say anything about cost. He just said yeah. working man's watch. He works in a in a uh, in a vineyard for some of the some of his some of his work. Okay. So, so it could working be. with his hands. Yeah. But yeah, there's not much to say about this one. 100 meters water resist. I don't know if I said that. But, you know, this is just you can always wear it. Tough watch. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I see a lot of people actually wear this watch. Like, you know, they might not be watch geeks, but a lot like this is a very common watch. Yeah, yeah. Casio has a bunch of watches that are like similar to this one. And they're all great. They're all very cheap. You know, I basically wanted to have a watch on my list that was basically disposable because sometimes your work can be so dirty or so whatever that you might need literally a disposable watch. And this is basically as close to disposable as it gets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know what's interesting? Well, are you done with this one? I'm done. I'm done. It's interesting the, the first two watches were digital watches for the for our list. I mean... There's no particular order, but it's just interesting. Um, okay, so it's funny you made this watch as your watch because, okay, so this, my second watch is okay. along the exact same vein, but I would choose a Casio G-Shock because it's basically this with like so much more impact. Like it's just a, like, it's like this in a tank encased enclosure. Do you have one picked out? Uh, no, but I just, any G-Shock. 
That's that's why they're called G-Shocks, because they can resist G-forces. Okay, well, I am going to send a link over to you. Um, my second one was also a G-Shock, but I got a little bit specific. Oh, there's so many G-Shocks out there. So I picked one in particular. And basically, the logic behind this one is similar to yours. Um, but basically, the other thing is, is I wanted to have a watch where it's not disposable. Like, it's a little bit more nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so if you wanted something a little bit more nice, but is digital, um, I picked one that's a Japanese release. Uh, you can pick it up on Amazon for $186. It's got the inverted screen and, uh, yeah, it looks like 10 times sexier than the Casio, uh, illuminator that I picked for my first one, but it's also 10 times the price. You know what? I th if you if you click back and forth, they're like very like they have there's a lot of design cues that are like the same. It's like, see, I like this one because a lot of G Shocks are like big and bulky, whereas this one seems mm -hmm. to be seems to be like a decent size, you know, where you could wear under a sleeve or something like that. This one's very reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is not on the bigger side of G Shocks. G Shocks do have the baby G line, but I I think it's geared more towards women. So and those are smaller. Yeah, I also so. hate that. I would I would actually love baby G's if it didn't write baby G on it. Yeah, because the size I know, right? is great. But I don't want yeah, my this... G Shock to say baby G. I mean, it just sounds yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty feminine. I, I I know what you mean. Well, it's just like the the freak. How I feel like a certain amount of people aren't going to buy that watch just because it's called the freak. Yeah, right. Like I would I would. I was strongly considering getting a, a baby G at one point, but I just couldn't get over the fact that it said baby G on it. Yeah, no I mean, matter it how like, it was how like nice thirty-eight it is. millimeters is great. Yeah, no matter how nice it is, I mean, like, not to be sexist, but it's just hard to wear something that says baby G on. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think G shocks are well known around the world to be just. I mean, they're marketed to be like just like tanks, basically. So. And if you're talking about a working man watch, I think you have to have, I mean, G-Shock fits very nicely in these kind of lists. Now, what do you think about this one in particular, the looks of it and all that? I, I like it. I've never seen this one. The, the G-Shocks I more see are the ones that are like, like I said, circular and big and round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, there was a phase and back in, I don't know, in the 90s, I'd, I'd say, where everyone liked these huge watches, right? And G-Shock was like, you know, at the, at the forefront of that trend where it's like these big bulky things on your wrists. Um, yeah, I'd say like 90s to 2010 or so. It was just yeah. Like dominating. Yeah. And and I, and I it, and obviously Casio is the Japanese brand, so it was big in Japan, that kind of trend, and it kind of made its way here, I guess. Because there's a lot of G-Shocks that are like Asia or Japan exclusive. So they have a lot more selection there than they do here. They do, yeah. The only thing that I dislike about this one is I feel like G-Shocks always have too much text, and this one is just like a text monster. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It has just a little too much text. I've heard of people going in and, like, removing the module out of the back, and then, like, a lot of the white text is on, like, a black... I haven't done it, so I can't explain exactly, but supposedly you can, like, remove the white text... Um, 
oh make, really and make it textless yeah with like gooby gone or whatever i mean oh, so, i haven't done it but. so you gotta take off the face of it then i guess or take off the uh i think you take the module out of the back i don't know if you can take the face out of the front oh, okay yeah that makes sense and this yeah. is and, but and then the... if you do that then it might be a lot less water resistant when you're done if you don't have the tools yeah i mean i used to have a g-shock in it and i i, I know this one's solar but but back in the day like solar wasn't as big a g-shock so i had to replace the battery and i didn't get it at replaced at an authorized casio casio dealer i just went to a department store and they're like yeah it's probably not gonna be as water resistant anymore so it's like that's the kind of part that sucks is that when you replace a battery in some of these water resistant watches it's like you gotta know what you're doing or else it's like you lose the whole feature of the water resistant part which is like a big deal to me yeah you have to go to like a legit watchmaker like the department stores and stuff they're awful yeah but yeah. i mean when i was a kid so i was just you know what did i know but right right um yeah but i i do like the inverted text of G, like mo a lot of g-shocks have that inverted uh, uh white on black text i like that yeah, I feel like the inverted ones are on the Japanese-only releases, like, way more often yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, so this one's actually imported, so. Yeah. We're flying through these. Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, because before Amazon, or, you know, or, or online shopping got big, imported meant, oh, I can't get this because it's in Japan only. I need to find, go to Japan or find someone in Japan who can get it for me, or, you know. But now it's like, oh, okay, it's imported, but I, I'm on this Amazon US site and can just pre-order and get it, you know, like right away. Yeah, I think they're like, I think they're like bought by companies who think that they can resell them on Amazon once they import them to the United States. Like it's not sold directly by... By like a Japanese Casio, I don't think so. local dealer. Yeah, I don't think so. And also the one that I picked, I'm just now realizing is a pre-order <laughs> yeah i see now released february it hasn't 1st. quite been released yet but how did you even find out about this watch i don't know i was just looking for cast i was looking for casio g-shocks and this one caught my eye i didn't realize that it was a pre-order but huh. there are other very similar inverted ones that have been released um yeah and and as this as this episode ages that one will have been released so whatever i'll still keep it yeah, like I. But it's really more of an example of a G-Shock. Yeah, like I know, like you were saying, these companies import the watches and sell them here, hoping you know that they have like, like you know, an exclusive product. But on but on on eBay, you can they have sellers from you know Japan that will sell directly to eBay US. So. Right. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, okay. So that's Casio G-Shocks. Um, so. I'm next, right? I'll go next, or you want to go? Yep, yep, okay. got it. So my next watch is, and and I alluded to the whole cost factor before, but I'm just, I'll, I'll, uh, my next watch would be the Rolex Submariner. I think, okay. it, I think it's a classic. I mean, again, work workman's watch is such a general term, but this was one of the original like Submariners, like going underwater, like when back in the, the old days, going underwater with a mechanical watch is like you know that was like a big deal and so like they named this watch after like going into the water so i mean not every band's every person's job involves 
going underwater but to have something like you know if you're diving to go underwater and seeing the, you know seeing the time seeing timing how long you're underwater i think i mean it's a classic watch now it, it, be it a workman watch or not you know people wear it as a dress watch now it it's gotten so you know uh celebrated now that a lot of people don't when they go diving take or go in the water take off the watch because they don't want to ruin it but the original purpose mm-hmm. of it was to be you know a tool watch you know to go in the water with um you know a lot of uh watchmakers have taken the sub as a uh um you know made watches plate basically yeah exactly to try and make a watch that looks exactly like it because it's got such a classic design so uh, i think that's a reasonable choice do you have any submariner in particular that you're looking at or just the most recent release is is what you're pointing to yeah just just the most recent release um i mean they're not cheap so there's that but um yeah no i don't have a specific one okay just the line let me swing in on something similar but budget okay um so here i think i think this is really an up-and-coming watch you know when people were talking about like the Seiko SKX, that was always what people were suggesting for like budget divers and stuff. Well, the SKX is no more. Its replacement is not that amazing. Seiko's got problems with like misaligned chapter rings and stuff. I mean, I love high-end Seiko, like uh, Grand Seiko and stuff, but some of their stuff on the low end can have problems, especially that chapter ring problem. I mean, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So. Here we got the Orient Kamasu. I think eventually everyone will just be recommending this over any Seiko diver on the low end. So, so you're um, saying so this is the next Seiko SKX? Yes. Oh, wow. That's what I'm saying. That's big. It's $253. Uh, not, I mean, that's what you can find it for, basically. Brand new. Um, it's got 200 meters water resistance. The SKX has a watch that came out kind of similar to it um that has 100 meters water resistance so this is twice as resistance as resistant as the skx's uh i guess child (laughs) um but here's the big deal here's the big deal this thing only costs like a little bit more on the secondary market like 30 bucks more or whatever but this thing has a sapphire crystal. Oh, that's that's huge. That's huge because Seiko, all their low end stuff is hard lex, which yeah. I just don't like hard lex. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the Seiko and 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 I was gonna put the Seiko SKX on my list too, but I didn't. But it's 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 a value proposition. But to have sapphire in that in that price range is huge. Yeah, and the other nice thing about the Kamasu is I it's basically comes in four colors. And all of them are very handsome. Um, it's got green, red, blue, and black. And uh, even the red one, which is a hard color to pull off, I think looks really good. Yeah, I think it looks good. I think uh, Seiko, the SKX line was like, it had the Seiko name, whereas Orient, I think, is not as recognizable. So it'd be interesting to see if this does become the next SKX. Yeah, I I hope it does. I think it's it's well earned, um, and you know Seiko has good things going for it, but it is sort of abandoning the 
relatively high quality for the price low end market. It's moving up market with a lot of their prices. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, but on the low end, I feel like this thing totally dominates. Um, there are some watches out there made by like, like AliExpress watches. And if you look at it on paper, on the specs, it's like, oh yeah, it's got a sapphire crystal. It's got all this stuff. It's like a hundred bucks. But how much do you trust those things? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With the Kamasu, I have strong trust. It's got good loom. Yeah. You know. I mean, Orient may not be as well known as Seiko, but it is like a solid brand. Like it is just not a fly-by-night company. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I like about this watch is that as far as the text goes, it's small. It's minimal. It's not as minimal as it could be, but it is minimal <laughs> compared to yeah. what, yeah, compared to what Seiko's putting out, this is like nothing. Yeah, you know, Seiko's putting that big X on their dive I hate watches. That. I, I absolutely hate that. That's why I I liked the SKX because those were one of those last watches that didn't have that ugly X, that Prospects X thing. Yeah, so I think this one is just a fantastic watch. Um, if anyone ever asked me about a low-end diver that's good, I mean, this one's just a slam dunk, you know. Sapphire Crystal, 200 meters, great loom. I I personally don't like Day-Date, but a lot of people when they're getting into the hobby love Day-Date. Yeah, I think when so. people get into it, they're like, oh, I just need as many, you know, uh, uh, complications as I can get. Yeah, whereas now you are seeing, oh, yeah. like, yeah. just having... Just having the date, that's a lot nicer, actually. And not to mention that it keeps the dial a lot cleaner. Yeah, um, yeah. But as far as the day-date goes, this is a good one. I like how it's framed, you know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't match. The wheels don't match, but I like the blue one, which I also threw you the link to that. Yeah. I think the blue one might be the most handsome. When you, I, yeah, I see the It's got blue the one. nice red uh, tip on the on the seconds hand and then well they all do right uh sunday is oh, red orient has a little bit of red in the logo i think it's kind of a nice little sub theme in there yeah to me the most the nicest ones are the blue and the black one um a couple observations from me i really like did you, you mentioned the second hand has the red on, on the on the blue and black models uh mm -hmm. i really like how it goes to the end you know it's like it's like it's like very thin yes and it goes, i like that because then, I, yes. hate, I hate when the I hate when the arms are not long enough. The hands are not long enough. You know. Um, yeah, dumpy little short seconds yeah. hands. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hate them. Yeah. The only thing that I that I give a pass is the Raketa Big Zero because it's just such a weird watch in general. I figure it's just like another weird thing about that watch. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like most most of the time, it's like I appreciate it when it comes all, all the way to like the indices. Um, yeah totally agree the other thing is as i just mentioned the submariner the the bezel is very similar to the submariner just like at first glance like i'm sure it's not as high quality but it looks very similar yeah i suppose that's fair i mean i feel like a lot of the dive bezels they all just like blend together so yeah <laughs> but yeah and it's it's also reasonable on the thickness end of things it's 12.8 i feel like any dive dive watch under 13 that's that's where i like to be yeah skx's are known to be pretty thick too so that's another advantage of this one yeah and the new dive watches uh from seiko are all like 
42 and up pretty much. This one's 41.8, so it's a little bit more reasonable. Um, I, I think dive watches stretching just over 40 millimeters is reasonable as yeah. a dive watch. Yeah. Um, do you have any... I don't see anything on here about the movement. Any comments about the movement? Uh, it's nothing special, but it is good. It's just, you know... I think it's uh, it can be hand-wound, so you don't have that annoying thing with, like, the old Seikos where it was... You could only, you could only like, shake it. You know, try to shake them until you got them started. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got it's got hand winding. I think it's got yeah, it's got hacking as well. So is it an in? Is not is it in house movement or? Yeah. Yep. Oh, there you go. So yeah, I think this one is slam dunk. I'll be suggesting a lot in years to come this now that the skx was canceled and frankly even if the skx still was around i feel like i'd still suggest this just because the sapphire yeah just like that alone but I, but again i mean it, it's it this uh, Se- seiko has more of a, of a backing out on its name that's why i think it's it's it'd be a lot more recognizable yeah and it's beloved in the in the watch community yeah. and i'm wearing a king seiko right now yeah i mean i like seiko but yeah and king seiko of course had hard legs but nobody was making sapphire crystals back then so yeah whatever it gets a pass but today if i'm buying a new watch it's certainly having sapphire so i threw this one in here yeah to be fair a lot of people customize their skx's and put sapphire in it it, it, it obviously doesn't come with sapphire right but then it's again, you're taking out a piece, you're putting it back in, you're not a watchmaker. Are you keeping the water resistance up if you're doing that? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously yeah. you want it stuck, especially on these entry-level watches. People don't want to mess around with it. Just buy it and just be done with it. Yeah, and I don't think this one needs any modding to look fantastic. Yeah. I think it looks fantastic from the start. Yeah, I agree. It's good, good, good choice. All right, what's up with you? Okay, my next one is the... Omega Speedmaster. Um, okay. I'm putting that one in there because A, of its reputation. And it's, 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 why is this watch famous? It was like, it's on the moon, right? So how much you know more workmen can you get than that? It left the planet to do more work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a niche use for the average person though, but yeah. But I mean, that. but that's just such good marketing for this watch it's like okay who else has been to the moon right um <laughs> and you know it's it's got a very uh workman like dial like the the dial is like very easy to read it's like you know it's very basic watch is not too expensive um you know it, for what it is it's it is surprisingly cheap yeah for, I, I have to give it that it's you know i mean a, a lot of people it's it, a lot it's got the chronometer, um, you know. It's classic design. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. It's it's you know it's it's kind of it, to me it's like almost like a uh, and I know I'm gonna roast it for this. But it's like the poor man's uh, Daytona almost. I mean, it is cheaper than the Daytona. I like it more than the Daytona. Okay, honestly, there's that. <laughs> Dayton- yeah, D- D- Daytona is like exponentially more expensive so yeah like you can get a speedmaster for like five thousand dollars yeah You're, you you can't even get yourself a a submariner for that much. no you can't and submariner is like 
half the watch that a Speedmaster is. Yeah, and and there's so many like options for the Speedmaster, like so many colors, so many. Whereas like a sub and a Daytona is like there's only like a handful. Okay, I of... think it's I think it's not a good thing that there's so many different like special editions and stuff of the Speedmaster. To be honest, well, you know that is, is there's choice, right? But I guess I guess different sizes, right? Okay, so here's my question for you on the Speedmaster. Yeah. And for the different sizes, the main different size, pretty much the only the only big one is the Speedmaster Reduced, which is an automatic Speedmaster, and it's like, I want to say it's like 38 millimeters across or something like that. Yeah. Wasn't produced for very long, and it's actually a deal. Like, a Speedmaster Reduced is pretty cheap. Um, so so look at so yes yeah, so I'm looking at this one which is a 38. Let's see, take a look at this one. Yeah, I'm seeing a 39 millimeter measurement that somebody's saying. Yeah, it looks like it was about it was 39 millimeters across. So it's it's a little bit more wearable if you've got a smaller wrist than the original Speedmaster, and it's very it's very nice the Speedmaster reduced. Um, but it is basically a vintage watch, and parts aren't so easy to come by on it. Yeah. But anyway, here's the real question. Are you the purist who's like, I want my Speedmaster to have Hesalite, just like the original Speedmasters that went to the moon? Or are you just throw on the Sapphire? Um, I'm good with Sapphire. I mean, it would be nice to have that, but I mean, that's going to be more expensive. Well, Hesalite is scratchy. Yeah, right? yeah. So so let me ask you this. Would it have mattered if it had Hesalite or, or, or Sapphire when it went to the moon? When it went to the moon, Sapphire wasn't really available. But it wouldn't um, have made a difference. Like, you know, it wouldn't have mattered if it was Sapphire. I think they would have picked Hesalite going to the moon because uh, when you do give, give a really hard knock, um, Sapphire shatters. Yeah, but you gotta, you got to be a pretty hard knock to shatter the Sapphire. Right. But, you know, NASA, they're going to take into account extreme stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah, that's true. And Hesalite will not, like, shatter so much as it'll, like, spiderweb crack and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, which is preferable. And so, yeah, for their, like, uh, for their, like air systems and stuff on the, on the spaceship, I think they wouldn't want sapphire shards, yeah. <laughs> you know, floating around in the capsule. Yeah. So I think they would have picked Hesalite back then even if Sapphire was available. But as a personal use, because I'm not literally in a space capsule, <laughs> I'd pick Sapphire. Well, you know what's interesting is that uh, this being a workman list, Tesla does seem to be the, the, the better material in that sense, especially if you're knocking things. I guess, but I feel like if you have a... Ha Let's say you have a Hesalite crystal and a Sapphire crystal. Yeah. You hit them both just as hard. Yeah. The Hesalite, it gets all spider cracky and the Sapphire shatters. I feel like you're going to replace the crystal either way. Yeah, but... You're it, still going to send it in for service. But at the time when you're cracking it, it would still... Like, it's prefer pre preferable to have the spider crack where instead of the whole thing shatters and but unusable. I guess. I guess. I mean, I personally don't like getting scratches on my crystals... But I guess since it's the workman's yeah. episode, maybe we have to give the nod to the Hesalite as being slightly better. Yeah, more durable. <laughs> All right, that was a good choice. That was a good choice. It's interesting because usually I'm like slamming down the expensive models on like yeah. crazy watches. Yeah. And today you're beating me. You're beating me on, on, on prices. <laughs> okay, 
I'm going to send you a watch here. Um, this is just a very simple watch. It's the Citizen Promaster Diver. It's an EcoDrive 200 meters. Um, so I'm throwing another dive watch here. And this is basically for, you know, the person who, like, they're a workman. It's a workman's watch. They're not crazy into watches. You just pick this up and you go. Right. This thing will always be ready for you. Um, it's an eco drive. It's just got the uh, the date, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's integrated in there reasonably well, I'd say. Um, I don't know. Very simple. Two hundred meters eco drive. It's always running. It's a great watch. The loom on this thing is ridiculous. <laughs> like this is the loomiest watch on on my list or your list. You, like it actually lasts longer than the Submariner, which sounds crazy. That's crazy. This is, and, and it's also yeah. eco drive, so it's like you don't have to worry about you know the battery dying or something. Yeah. Now here they have it listed at two eighty. You can pick it up for two twenty all day. Um, so it's very reasonable. It does break my um, my sapphire only soul to put it on the list, but you know, I think it's pretty reasonable. Um, to include anyway. Um, what are your thoughts on how it looks and everything? I, I think it, I, I again as a tool watch, as a workman's watch. I think it's very it's very readable. That's what I noticed right away. Um, it's you know it's simple. It's got the uh, crown guards, so you know again when you're bumping into things, you don't have to worry about that. I, I think I think it's a good and choice. It's at four, so it's a little more comfortable. Yeah, and you're going to be setting it less often. Um, because it's uh, an eco drive, so the fact that it's at four and it's like slightly more awkward to set it on your wrist or anything, completely irrelevant because you're not really going to be setting it that often. Maybe yeah. once a month if you care about the uh, the date. Yeah, and I do like that aesthetic where it's kind of offset, like it's on the four instead of the three. Don't see many watches like that. Yeah, that's such a Seiko thing to have the have it at four. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I I think it's a good choice. I think any. Uh, eco drive uh, watch is a good choice because just because of the low maintenance. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, it's a little big for my taste because I have a small wrist, forty-four millimeters. But I mean, it's nice. Besides that, yeah, this is a chunky boy. Yeah, it's it's good value, and it comes in a few different colors if that's your thing. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it it doesn't look like it's a forty-four millimeter in in the pictures because like it's the 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 indices are big the hands are big but then i guess in real it's it's actually big yeah and on pictures of people wearing it it doesn't look so crazy it's got it doesn't have long lugs the lugs are super close to the case yeah so it still wears pretty comfortably despite being a bit of a chunky boy yeah yeah i mean people people with big wrists uh, will have no problem yeah exactly but uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's built like a tank too. It is. It definitely is. So you want to throw out your fifth choice? Yep. I'm sending you the link. So my fifth choice is this Grand Seiko SBGA 427. Um, Jesus, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you why. I think it's a very simple and elegant looking watch. It reminds me of the Milgauss because the green hand. Um, that's just that just happened. That just happens to be what it looks like. But 
I think I think Spring Drive is a great uh, uh, any Spring Drive is Grand Diego Spring Spring Drive is a great uh, inclusion for this list because it keeps time so accurately and it's got a bit of elegance. You can wear this for to work and then you can wear it, you know, for a night on the town. It's got it's it's you know so elegant looking. It's Grand Seiko is you know one of the it brands right now amongst watch enthusiasts. It's it's then this. And the Grand Seiko terms of things, this watch is not too expensive. I mean, it's just listed for five thousand dollars. I, I think it's like very simple and elegant, and it's like I think it'd be a great tool watch. The 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 dial is very clean. Have you looked at the uh, the strap that it comes with? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, with the green stitching. <laughs> yeah, it's got green stitching to match the. Uh, That's pretty cool. The actually. text and the, and the hands on the dial. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, for anyone who hasn't seen this, if you don't know what SBGA 427 means, as far as it looks, I'll give it a quick description. So basically, imagine a Seiko snowflake, except the hands of the seconds hand and the power reserve are green, and the spring drive is in green. Um, And then it's got a brushed satin finish vertically. It's quite minimalist. It's quite handsome. Yeah, uh, and and again, uh, what I and you like, the second hand goes all the way to the second indices. It's like it's it, if you yes. look at it, it's almost like you can't even see the end of it. Like it goes right to the edge. Right. Yeah, and it looks like it comes with a leather strap if you want to if you want to switch it out, which is pretty nice. Um, this one's a titanium case, I want to say. Is that right? No, it's stainless steel. Stainless steel. Um, I think yeah. for this price, you're not going to get titanium, but. It is sapphire glass. Yeah, the snowflake is seven hundred dollars more. I'm not sure if the difference there is the effort in the dial or titanium or what exactly. Um, but yeah, this is pretty darn handsome. Um, they say it is supposed to remind you of autumn, the first frost in autumn. So the it's it's a little bit of a frosty dial, but it's still got a bit of green. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> there's also the S. If you go down a bit, there's the SPG four two nine, which I think is exactly the same. It's just got more of a, uh, I, I want to say, dark gray uh, uh, dial instead of the uh, white dial. And the and the second hands are a little bit more neon instead of like yeah green green yeah. I like this one way less. You do, yeah. Four two seven I think is just way more slamming than that thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, you're right. The the hand is a little bit different colors. Um I, yeah, I think I think I think the four two seven the dial matches the bracelet and the case a lot better. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is completely unrelated to our discussion. Have you seen the um the Grand Seiko uh limited edition for their their factory opening? No. Do you have a link? Uh, you have to give me a second to find it, but basically I'll tell you the story while I'm at it. Um, so basically they opened this new workshop. Um, and so they released one that is sort of reminds them of the area around the workshop. Um, and basically you can only buy the watch if you go to the workshop and take a tour, then you have the opportunity to buy the watch at the afterwards, which I think is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So let's see if I if I manage to find it. The other the the thing about Grand Seiko is like they're all like they seem to be every 
Every one of the watches seems to be limited edition watches. They do do a reasonable amount of limited editions. Um, but for some reason, I find them to be reasonable. Because like when Grand Seiko does a limited edition... Uh, I stuttered that out there. But when they do one, like it's got like a pretty different dial. It's got like a lot going on. It isn't like they just change like the color of the bezel <laughs> yeah, yeah. the limited like edition what, you know what i mean yeah so yeah if you scroll down to the bottom of the article you can see what the what the one you get from the workshop is well that 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 um, factory looks crazy yeah it's a pretty nice it doesn't uh, even workshop. it doesn't even look like a factory no it kind of reminds you of like traditional uh japanese architecture yeah. and like it's in the country and stuff it's really nice the factory yeah this is the uh Shizu Kuishi factory or a studio. Oh, oh, that's it, a, it really is more of a studio than a factory, I guess. That's a really nice, actually nice looking watch. Yeah, it's very subtle. I feel the, the texture on the dial, but pretty like finely done and, and nice as well. I like that. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the spring drive meter, and the synthesis automatic doesn't have that. Yep, that's very true. Yeah. I have to say the only thing that I would like love it I feel like the only thing that's a miss on this watch which it's not really that much of a miss but you know if you're going to a Japanese workshop to buy this watch you know actually I think the tour and the watch are both uniquely awesome but <laughs> you leave with the watch you know what I'm saying I would love if they had the name of the workshop like Shizukuishi I wish that was in Japanese on the rotor on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be so. Yeah, Instead that's of good on English, I was like, but it's on the rotor. But yeah, for it to be Japanese it would have been so much cooler. But you, you know what? But you can always find something to nitpick on. You know. But that's the thing about Grand Seiko. Like, they mistake. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't really lean into the Japanese, you know, uh, uh, characters that much on their designs. It's mostly all English. Never. Right. Never. Yeah, everything's English on Grand Seiko. It's just, that's how luxury brands are, you know? Like, if you buy, like, an Italian luxury brand, it's still going to have everything written in English still. Yeah, I, I suppose. Know, how it is. Yeah. Oh, but but read this. Okay. Aside from the dial, the road is a, it's gilded, engraved with Shizushuki, whatever. But unlike earlier, only edition at... Er, so sorry, but unlike earlier workshop only editions that featured Japanese text, that means earlier oh, ones. Oh, so the other ones did have yeah. Japanese text. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I don't think that's that's a big flaw or anything, but I, I really like yeah, that. I think green. it's really handsome. Yeah. I kind of want to visit and buy this watch. Honestly, how much does it cost? Do you know? I have no idea. And nobody has one because it's only been press release, but nobody can go visit the factory because they're like COVID 19ing right now. Oh, yeah. So yeah. These exist. You could buy one if you could visit the factory, but you can't visit the factory. <laughs> so, presumably, they say go on the Grand Seiko website and you'll be able to see when the factory opens. I wasn't able to find anything about the factory tour. Well, I would almost like fly out to Japan. And, and get it yeah like, but i but i want to know over how, a weekend or something like the first weekend it's open but i want to know how much it costs though like yeah i i, I don't know i assume it's grand seiko pricings price somewhere around four to six grand well it's not spring drive so 
but it is limited edition, so I don't know. Right. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I didn't even know about that. But yeah, I totally. I, but I, is the tour free? Or is the or, and yeah? I think you, the tour is free. I mean, I don't know because they don't have anything up for the tour, but I, I imagine it's free. Yeah, so you're right, so it goes, the studio is not yet open to the public, but will be once the COVID-19 pandemic comes to an end. When that happens, factory visits can be arranged online. Yeah. I wish there was, like, I could put in my email somewhere, and then they would give me an email as soon as it opened, and I could, yeah. like, reserve a visit. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a popular thing, because Grand Seiko is, like, super popular now. Yeah, and I do want to own one modern Grand Seiko. I feel like this could be that one yeah i would be pretty darn satisfied owning this uh, watch agreed like one grand sake completely agree it's 40 millimeters it's, it's not that big yeah yeah it's perfect okay but bit of a tangent there <laughs> have you have you have you said all the ones on your list i believe yeah i i went I got okay five. i'll do the last one on my list here um and i am gonna actually give a link you might say oh i know this watch but i'm gonna give you a link to it anyway <laughs> It's the Rolex Explorer. Okay. Ah, okay. Now, here's my deal why I put Rolex Explorer on the list. First of all, you pick the Submariner. I didn't pick the Submariner because I think it's like... Our Submariner is almost tacky. It's, it's almost. It's jump, I, it's I jump the shark. Um, but I just like the Explorer more. Like, even outside of everything with Rolex... I just like the look of the Explorer more than I like the uh, Submariner. So there are different Explorers that you could get your hands on right now. There's a 39 millimeter, and then there is a 42 millimeter Rolex Explorer 2. Yeah. Okay. And that's the one that's got the uh, GMT. Yeah. Um. I don't really see the need for the GMT. I don't need the GMT. I think most people don't need the GMT. Well, this being a workman watch, I mean, it would be nice to have GMT just for as a tool. Eh. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that necessary. The other thing is when I think Explorer, I think 369. Yeah. The Explorer 2 has basically, instead of having the 369, it has the sub layout, basically. It's got a Cyclops. It's got like a diver look to the indices do you see that yeah 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 see here i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you a page that they have that has all three next to each other um the other thing is the explore 2 is 42 millimeters no that's that's a no-go for me yeah yeah the explore 2 is not as good right yeah in your opinion no yeah yeah so i like the 369 that's like the the explorer way of setting up the dial yeah um, the Explorer 2, it's got a bezel with 24 hours. It's got the GMT. Uh, it's got like indices of a Submariner. I don't know. I just, I don't like it. Yeah, it doesn't even so look like I, an Explorer. It just looks like like a mix between two. It's like a, it's like, yeah. It's unholy. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, I like the 39 millimeter original Explorer layout. Um, if you were lucky enough to pick one up at an AD and you're probably not lucky enough, then that would be $6,550. Uh, if you're getting on the secondary market, then you add one point two grand to that price. It's got that unfortunate bump to it. The Rolex bump. Yeah. But let's talk about it a little bit. Extremely legible. I mean, Rolex built their whole brand on this whole 
very tough, you know, that sort of thing. It doesn't go as deep as a uh, Submariner, but how often are you really diving that deep? Still got a screw down crown. It's still going to go. You can go in a swimming pool with an Explorer, no problem, you know. What is uh, the dive specific? What is it? Like 100 meters. Yeah. Realistically, it's probably more like 300 meters yeah. because that's just the way that Rolex is. Um, but, you know, if you bring your Explorer down that deep, it's not my fault if something happens. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, it's a great watch. It's got it's got high precision for a, uh, for a mechanical watch. It's got the plus two, minus two seconds a day type thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone needs me to tell them too much about the Explorer, but. And they're definitely marketed towards like, go, if you're going, if you're climbing Mount Everest, you should probably get this watch. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like this is, I've got a lot of watches that are like, they're good watches for somebody who, you know, works with their hands and stuff. This is one that you could do that in, and you can also pass it down and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and it could, it being a Rolex, you could wear it with a suit, no problem. Yeah, it, but like, my citizen pro master diver, are you really going to hand it down to your grandchildren? <laughs> eh, probably not. You know what I'm saying? They could just buy a new so one. So I wanted to put, yeah, I wanted to put one sort of fancy choice in there that I thought was a good a good choice for someone who still works with their hands. It can keep up with you. You can give it some uh, quote-unquote patina. It'll survive. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something you can pass down. That's the list. We done. Yeah. Um, I think that was good. Now I let me... You, you had a lot of ones that I didn't, like, that I should have thought of, like, you know, I didn't think of. The Kamasu. Yeah, the Kamasu. The Eco, Eco Drive one. Yeah, I think, I think our list complemented each other pretty well. You covered a little bit of the high end. I covered some of the low end. Yeah. Altogether, that's a pretty good list. Value is definitely one of your uh, features of your list. Yeah. Now, um, I did want to swing back and talk about something. This is usually something that I do at the beginning of the episode, but frankly, I forgot. Um, so we talked about my King Seiko and trying to get the crystal off of its off of its ring in the previous episode you remember that yeah yeah um i did it i accomplished it nice <laughs> how'd you do it and um yeah so what i did was um i had tried the i had tried the hot water um before and then i saw someone else say like boiling water do it for an hour <laughs> i was like okay boiling water for an hour so i put my uh i put my um ultrasonic cleaner next to the stove got a lot of water on boil every five minutes i take out half of what's in the ultrasonic and put boiling water to yeah. replace it yeah um because i don't have a heated ultrasonic um so i did that for an hour it finally came out at the end i was like so relieved when <laughs> i finally got it but yeah I, so i got it out and because it's been so long since the last episode that we talked about that um, I sent it to the custom crystal cutter. He cut a crystal for me, custom to to look the same as a King Seiko. Uh, got it back. I glued it on the ring, and it's done. It looks great. So, end of story. We accomplished our goal. Nice. Um, and I just took a picture. I put it up today on our Instagram. I want you to look at it right now. Not 
Not our listeners, though I'd love them to look at it. I want you to look I, at I, it. I, I did see it. I did see it before this episode. You posted it about an hour before we started. Exactly. Now, here's what I want to say about this picture. I finally posted a good picture. It, it is really nice. What what did you what camera did you use? Just your I phone? I use the same camera that I use for all of my shitty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, like I just tried to like diffuse the light and pay more attention and you know I just tried hard to to get a good one because like I feel like we post pictures of it and by we I mean me because I post 99% of pictures but we post interesting pictures like of the insides of watches and like parts and stuff but the artsiness of them is like pretty low yeah you know what I'm saying this this definitely looks like uh you know like a picture that that could be like on an ad or something yeah this looks like it belongs on Instagram for a change yeah yeah so I'm proud of that. So if you guys want to go check it out, um, Crystal Clear Watchmaking on Instagram. I think it turned out pretty darn well. The picture, the service. It's the end of the story of the King Seiko. So to be fair, I know you post 99% of the stuff, but the reason I, 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 I'm so reluctant to post is because I want all my pictures to look like this picture. I don't, and it's, <laughs> and it's hard to like post every picture like that, you know? Have you ever heard of Practice Makes Perfect? I have, yeah. You got to start, man. <laughs> yeah. You got to start. That's true. And you'll get there. That's true. I, I have a decent camera I could use, too. Yeah, I think you could get it. You have a DSLR of some kind, right? A mirrorless, yeah. A, a Sony. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. It's What is it again? This A6400. So it's got a... You can... It's, it's... Oh, that's a great camera. That's exactly my camera one generation previous. Oh, okay. Oh wait, what, yeah. which one do I've you have? I've got the A sixty five hundred. Okay, okay. Wow, it's pretty. It's pretty much the same camera. Like the inner insides are the same. Yeah, the insides are really, really similar. I think the change that was added to the A sixty five hundred is the uh, sensor is stabilized in body. Yes, yes. And that's pretty much the only difference. Yeah. So since since you're taking pictures of stuff that isn't moving, like watches, yeah. you should be able to get a similar picture out of yours. Yeah, and <laughs> and there's also lenses that have. The stabilization of the lens too so yeah i mean i like the body stabilization because it's been shown that it is better than lens stabilization i believe yeah but more importantly once you have it in the body then all your lenses are like stabilized by default yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so you don't have to cough up extra money yeah definitely um but yeah i i took that picture on a like pretty like as for people that don't own these kinds of cameras. It's going to sound expensive, but I've on a $300 lens in the world of lenses. That's not expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's 300 new. I'm sure if you picked it up used, Hey, I'll send you a link to it, buddy. After, after this, you could take a look. Did you pick that lens because of like the macro shots for watches or why did you pick this lens? Uh, yeah, it was. Okay. So the pictures of like, all the watch parts and stuff are because I could bring that lens so close up to the watch part. Nice. That's that's kind of what I want too. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send you a link to that. But yeah, check out our Instagram. Yeah. We've got our first Instagram shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Instagram worthy <laughs> shot. Yeah, the other stuff is all very interesting, but it's more like if you are interested, if you just want to see something really pretty, we have finally accomplished that now. <laughs> <laughs> We're there. We're there. From this All photo right. forward. And we had another viewer send in a list of literally 
10 topics wow, that he's perfect. interested in. I know, that's great for us. I mean, it sounds like... It might sound greedy from another person's perspective, but for us, it's like 10 topics? Yeah. I like that. Thank you. So we'll probably pick up one of those topics for the for the next episode. And um, speaking of topics, I hope the person that uh, suggested this topic is happy with what we covered. Yeah, and if you are, you know, Apple Podcasts, it's waiting for you to rate us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there. You know what? I I knew someone with an Apple product... I asked them if it'd be okay if I looked at the podcast app. They said, sure. Yeah. Because I just wanted to see, like, what do you have to do to rate it? You know, because I've got an yeah. Android, so it's a little bit more of, of a hassle. But you go in the app, there's like two types of reviews. One, you can just type a review. The other, you just hit the stars. You just say five yeah. stars. Yeah. And the, that's it. You, you just pull up the podcast, just hit how many stars you want to give. It automatically counts it. So yeah, it should be simple. easy if you guys want to rate us please yeah yeah no patreon just the rating <laughs> all right well we'll see you guys next week we'll continue to discuss gear springs oils watches brands all things watches and watchmaking have a good one guys